After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy Devils Wednesday. This is the State of the Fan Address, episode 200. Yes, episode 200. Streaming live on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and Twitch on the Let's Go Devils Network. I'm your host, Sam Wu, here with PucksandPitchforks.com's editor-in-chief, Nick Volano. Talking Timo Meyer tonight. Special guest a little bit later. Lyle Richardson, a Spectres hockey. Good old reliable Lyle Richardson. Nick, how are you, my friend? Spectres hockey, Bleacher Report. He's he's a bunch of places. We love having Lyle on because here's the thing: is that there's not many people in like the mainstream who's willing to kind of go all out on these deals. And Lyle is. I mean, call Bleach Report, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I'm out here writing actual trades. And Lyle's out here doing the same thing. You got to put your neck out there a little bit, right? You know, I'm Absolutely. trying to find value for these players. And he's doing the same thing. You got to love that about him. Yeah, Lyle is, goes way back. Back in the late 90s, right? I'm reading his stuff. Spectreshockey.net. Yeah, you would know better than me. I'm uh I'm bad at the dates. You know, I was young then. Ninety nine, I was uh fifth grade. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was a junior in college. Uh, well, well wow. Sam, I have news for you. I'm old, so that makes you really old. <laughs> I don't consider myself old, but sometimes when I talk about the old days when, you know, I had a beeper, cheaper by the beeper. You know, and yeah, I remember um, beepers. I'm not, I, you know, again, I'm not that much younger than you. I'm, I'm old enough to remember beepers and AOL and free online hours, 25, oh, 25 uh, hours. Get the little diskette. Oh, we can't go on until we get the disc in the mail in a couple of days. It's wait. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's only for new subscribers. What? Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Dial up fourteen yeah. four baud modem. It's just funny, yeah. like, the things we did pay for back then that, like, or the Long things distance? we did pay for and, like, yeah. <laughs> Long like, distance. remember how big it was to get a cell phone with unlimited nights and weekends and you had to wait to call your friends until, like, 9 o'clock at night? Well, it's not only unlimited nights and weekends, but in certain regions. It wasn't like, 
like if you if you stepped out of your county, you know, it used to be like oh, bits and pieces. Right. Yeah. I remember I used to work at Radio Shack. I used to sell those plans to those suckers. I, <laughs> I had a friend. I the I'm I, I pride myself as a negotiator. But every so often you make a bad move. And the worst move I ever made was not locking in that $5 unlimited texting that I could have done when I first got the phone. It's like, no, I don't need that. Then I got my first crush, we'll say, with a phone. Man, I sent so many texts. Also didn't know how to turn off the little noise it made. So there was beeping all the time. Remember my journalism class? My teacher was like, what is that noise? And like looking back and I'm like, she definitely knew it was me. She just wanted me to shut my phone up. Did you have a StarTac? I had a StarTac. Anyway. I don't remember. I just remember it was a flip phone. I love my flip phone. It went like this all the time. Look at my flip phone. I'm making a call. Flip it down. I'm a a cool guy. You know what I used to do on the train when I used to commute into the city? What's that? This is back in the day where, you know, when you go on a train, everybody was buried reading the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I used to... I used to be a pretty much a wise ass. I, I would get on my phone and, you know, it'd be a Devils-Rangers game that day or the Rangers are playing. I'd be like, Mike Richter's hurt again? Even though I'm totally <laughs> totally making it up. Or, you know, I would just say it out loud. What? What? Blackburn's in net? You know, something like that. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. Nowadays, you do that, everybody's running to Twitter. Trying to be like, oh, what's what's the new scuttlebutt? What is it? I'm reading all. I'm reading some of these comments in the YouTube live. The insane Pollock says, "How about the 250 tickets for the Jack signing gone in less than a minute?" Yeah, y'all gotta stop being mean to sports minded. They had 250 tickets. They sold out in a minute. <laughs> these things happen. Yeah. It's- Good for them. I'm happy that they sold it so quickly. Although one day, one day, I was telling, um, I was telling the uh, the group chat, I said, one day, we're gonna have Jack Hughes on this podcast at a live event, and you know how much it's gonna cost to see Jack Hughes? Zilch. But it's I've already done. I've already. Uh, yeah, I, I've already done the math. It's probably gonna take twenty five thousand dollars to do it. At least, at the very least, to get two hours of Jack's time at an autograph signing. Plus, you have to make concessions as well. I've already been thinking about it, top of my head, how we're going to pull this off, Nick. So, Wait, Sam, is, this is episode 200? How did we not do anything for this? Well, technically it's 201 because there was one episode where it was 99A, 99B, you know, whatever. I don't know, Nick. How do we have no fanfare for episode 200? It just happened. Yeah, well, well, maybe we'll have um, episode 200 drink special at our half million party on February 25th at American Whiskey. Confirming, confirming some stuff with uh, American Whiskey uh, this afternoon. I'm pretty happy about. So... All the things I talk about on the podcast is all coming to fruition. It's not easy, folks. Party planning during that's your why, day job. That's no why less. that's somebody else's job. <laughs> you got to hire a party planner. 
Um, episode 200. I mean, I'm, I'm humbled, Sam. This is big. Episode 200. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, I, I would have, we should have done like a three hour John. Now we, now we got to do a regular one. Well, oh, well. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you, if they pull out a, t- a Timo Meyer trade, I hope it happens on a Friday because I'm free Friday to be doing breaking news. If it happens on Friday, if it, if it happens on Friday, are you going to do it? I listen. I'm I'm putting up drywall, so you're going to have to call me. Okay, but have you yeah. have your uh, studio ready? I got to get a haircut on Friday. I'm already getting shaggy. You know, and uh, I already have a haircut appointment and all that. I'm hoping it would break around about 2 p.m. Eastern oh, yeah, on it'd Friday. It'd be yeah, perfect. I'm out of pocket. 10 to, 10 to 12 is I'm out of pocket. Yeah. So if it breaks Friday news dump. I'm ready. I'm here. Yeah. I already told, I already told the NHL and the fax machine that uh, hold off on the official word. You know, hold, hold off. You can get the fax that the trade is. Do they still do that now, fax? They can't, right? They After the NFL fiasco from a couple years ago, that there's no way they could still do that, right? Yeah. There's no way. Well, I and was told. Just so everybody knows, the NFL fiasco is that two teams have to obviously fax at the same time for a trade yep. to go through. One team faxed on time when, like, it was like a superstar linebacker was going, was leaving the Broncos or going to the Broncos. But the I think the Broncos put their fax in late. So they nulled the trade because it missed the deadline. Well, didn't 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 um, Lou Lamorello try to trade for Rob Niedermeyer in two thousand three to, to get Scott's brother? Didn't he didn't he try that move or something? And the I fax they got in. Oh. I thought, thought there was a fax it. machine problem. Maybe I'll have to look into that one. Yeah, or something like that. But um, and I'll, a birdie told me as well. Back in the day, I don't think it's true now, because I was always wondering, like, how does Bob McKenzie confirms all these? You know, you know, he's always ahead of the game, and I guess TSN had their fax machine like synced with the NHL fax fax machine. That's what a little birdie told me, but I have no way of verifying that. I don't, I don't know how that would work. Is that allowed? That seems like a scale, like against the law. No, 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 no. Well, yes and no. I, I I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, if you have a, a rights holder agreement, maybe that was part of the, you know, part of the agreement. So yeah. obviously it's not like, you know, the TSN up in Canada, you know, hacking into the telecom systems at the NHL offices. But I think it's just one of those courtesy type, you know, official, official you know, when deals make, I don't know, but that's what a little birdie told me years oh. ago. Yeah. But I don't there know you know. now, now with Sportsnet being the, you know, the ruler, the rights holder agreements up in Canada, I'm sure, I'm sure they get something too. So what, what airs on TSN? Baseball? What in Canada now? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why don't we ask our Canadian Curling? listeners? I'm sure they have some hockey. They have RDS in, in, in Montreal. Sometimes I turn that on when I'm in Canada. It's the great Canadian Football League. Yeah. I, think, I don't know, Sam. 
Nothing We're off the rails. Is. Let's get back on the rails. Uh, Timo Meyer still not traded. I I said a couple weeks ago, in late, I think it was late January, we have to be patient because this isn't going to happen soon. And we're now three or four weeks since I've written that article. Still no Timo Meyer trade. We do have a Vladimir Tarasenko trade. That That's new for us, right? That didn't happen last week? Correct. So I've seen some people and some legitimate people say the Tarasenko trade is going to force the devil's hands to make a trade. The tar- you know, the combination of the Tarasenko and the Bo Horvat trade. And I just don't see it. I don't see why. Tarasenko, I like Tarasenko as a player. I'm a little upset that he went to the Rangers. Um, he's obviously unlocked something that wasn't working in St. Louis. But he's not Meyer, not by a long shot. I don't maybe he could be. But he's, you know. My worry is that Tarasenko might show up for the playoffs and then you're in trouble. I'm one to say don't overpay for a player. Don't overpay. Um, now, you can... There is no overpayment for certain types of players. You know, if you're getting... I'm trying to think. You know, if, if you're trading for... I'm trying to be realistic. You know, like when they traded for Eichel. When the, the Knights traded for Eichel, there was really no payment that was going to be an overpay, right? Because Eichel's a super-duper-duper star, even though he's had his own issues. But even that's kind of flawed because he had that injury. I, I don't know the best example for it. If you're trading, you know, for Connor McDavid, there's no price that's too high, right? When they traded for Gretzky, when the Oilers traded Gretzky to the Kings, there was no price that was too high. But... um. I don't know if Meyer is in that class where if they go, if you trade Nemitz and Hughes and a first, that's obviously a price nobody wants to pay. But is Meyer the kind of guy that's worth it to give up those types of assets? A seventh overall pick, a second overall pick, and then another first round pick. Right? Because I think that's why the trade hasn't happened yet. We keep hearing, why does the trade happen yet? Why does the trade happen yet? Because Mike Greer, A, has never done this. This is, I think this is, right? This is the first trade deadline. And he has these premium assets. By the way, Mike Greer has a lot on his plate because he also has Eric Carlson and that redonkulous contract. And he's trying to make those numbers work with other, other teams. Um, and he also has like players like Nick Bonino, who people are calling about. And, um, well, they, traded, they just traded the defenseman to the Kraken. So I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he was paired with Carlson for most of the year. So he, um, he's he been busy. Um, you know, we're hearing that the Devils and the Sharks have been talking more over the past 48 hours. And that's great. I still don't think it happens until... I'm going to say like February 25th? Maybe? February 25th is the day where I'm going to be like, okay... There's a possibility that this doesn't. Is there a plug in there when you said February 25th? Was I was was I supposed to tell you where we're going to be at on February 25th? Why don't you Why don't you let them know why February 25th is is on top of our minds? 
because that's our half million party right before the Devils take on the Philadelphia Flyers to celebrate the 2003 Stanley Cup champions. Of course, the Devils had to plan that day as well. Starting at 3 p.m. Eastern, we've got a DJ. We got drink specials. Surprise guests may appear at American Whiskey, 51 Edison Place. Anybody can appear at any moment. And, of course, the podcast will be there as well. So, anyway, if, if it doesn't happen in the next 10 days, then I'll be like, it might not happen. Some other team might swoop in. The Devils aren't willing to make that that move. Because um, here's the... Here's the odd thing. The Devils are 11-1-2 in their last 14 games. Stupidly good record. The Rangers have been just as good. So they've somewhat kept up. I think they're only five points ahead of the Rangers. The Hurricanes have kept up. They're, they're still three points behind the Hurricanes. And honestly, the Devils haven't played that well. We've gotten 17 minutes in this podcast, and we didn't talk about that last night. Ryan Graves scored a scored a goal with 1.7 seconds left to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. The, the Devils needed every second to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they did on a defenseman jumping up into the play, being at the right place at the right time. Good old gravy boy put the puck in the net with uh, 1.7 seconds left. But they didn't play well. They played losing hockey, and they haven't been able to get out of this hole. Jack Hahn, who's a great analyst on Twitter, kind of broke down the devil's issues, and it looks like it comes down to coaching where other teams have adjusted to what the devils are doing, and the devils have not had time to adjust back and find a new system that or a new philosophy that's going to have them dominate teams. So... You know, they're regularly in a lot of these advanced stats finishing in the over the past month or month or two, finishing 25th, 26th, 27th in the league, but they're winning. The goals are going in, and, and more importantly, Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek are making the stops. But that's, that's just it's a ticking time bomb, we'll call it. So if you're Tom Fitzgerald, are you letting their recent play I don't want to say for sure hand because you're already going after this player, but are you more apt to make the deal early since your team isn't playing very well? Good question, Nick. You threw a lot at me. I'm going to tell you this. Whatever the advanced stats say, I'm going to talk about the eye test. I see a team coming together. I I see a little bit different from you. Um, Do you honestly think they've been playing well eye test-wise? Playing well? No. But what they're doing is they're finding ways to win. And the defense defense getting involved with the offense, to me, that's a team coming together. Uh, Ryan Graves yesterday, you know, that – a lot of people didn't talk about what Palat did on that play. Watching that play develop, it was Palat, I believe, that was uh, near the boards that was just watch, you know, letting the play develop uh, before he, I think he gave it to McLeod. Am I correct on that one? Yeah, yeah. And um, 
And uh, I, I thought that was just the patience on uh, his end was, you know, I, I thought that was good. But overall, Dougie Hamilton, uh, two power play goals, I believe, uh, the other night, a couple uh, games ago. I don't think the Devils are terrible. Um, you know, right now, if you want to look at big picture, they're in great position to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that, you know, again, the need for Timo, I'll stick to my guns on it. I don't think they need, need Timo. And I think there's a lot of moving parts here that, you know, right now with Timo Meyer. Number one, uh, I was reading somewhere that Claude Lemieux hasn't gotten permission yet to talk extension with any teams. And you know what? That, to tell you the truth, without that extension, that the value for Timo Meyer should go down. I need that. If I was Tom Fitzgerald, I need that extension now. And I need, I need to know how much. Because you can't, you can't make a trade like this. If you're going to offer big assets to get Timo Meyer, I want something in return aside from Timo Meyer. I want to make sure he's going to be in the devil uniform at, at the price that we want it. You know, it was something reasonable. Like an 8.25, I don't think is unreasonable. But if, if Claude Lemieux is asking higher, then I start questioning, you know, is Timo Meyer worth it? Right now, nobody really knows how much Timo Meyer is going to get in the end. Nobody really knows. And I think, I mean, I think what we're looking at is somewhere between eight and nine. I think that's it. I think that's realistic. I think that's very. Now, where realistic. are you going to go? Because Tom Fitzgerald has been very, very clear that unrestricted free agents get more than restricted free agents just because. It's been very clear. Dougie Hamilton got more than Jack Hughes because he was an unrestricted free agent and no more. Because they asked them, they said, you know, you think Jack Hughes is your best player. Why did you give him not more than the highest paid player on the team? It's like, well, Dougie Hamilton was an unrestricted free agent. So I think that he's going to use that same philosophy going into this. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that's really scary about this. Um, we keep talking about the cap going up, right? That's just a formality, right? Well, this Diamond Sports Group just defaulted on a $140 million debt payment. Diamond Sports Group does not own the channel that the Devils are on. That's MSG. But they own a lot of them. Every Bally's across yep. the country is owned by the, you know, the parent company, Sinclair Broadcasting Group, my old employer. And they just defaulted in a $140 million debt payment. And there's talks of bankruptcy. There's talks of a lot of things. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in rights fees that are on the line right now, Sam. And that can impact hockey-related revenue. Of course. And that will impact the salary cap. So we've been under this flat cap for a couple years now. Teams have gotten used to it, and some of them have been giving out these contracts thinking that the cap's going to go way up like it did in the NBA. And not it's never going to hit what the NBA is, but a similar percentage. 
you know, we're talking about some people think that it'll eventually get to a hundred million dollar salary cap. Well, this could keep us at that, you know, one million dollar raise every year. Where when you're thinking you're gonna get all right eighty eight, eighty nine, you could be down to eighty three. And that six million dollars is basically you know well, let me ask you this, Nick, now that you brought that up. Are you conceding and I'm 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 respectfully asking, I'm not I'm not joking around here. Are you conceding that the math last week you spoke about Timo Meyer because you talked about your math, how to fit Meyer and Brat under the cap. What you said before, does does the math still work in your eyes? Yeah, because I expect the cap to go up one million dollars. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to. This is just this is just how to make next year's team work. Okay. And then still have flexibility because you don't have a lot of bad contracts. You know, your bad contracts are Andreas Johnson, poor guy, but you're paying a you know three three and some change to an AHL player. Um, and then Miles Wood, he's just he's just been terrible this year, and he's getting paid north of three million dollars. But both those contracts are off the books in the offseason. That is true. Um, you know, and as well as Damon Severson and Ryan Graves and Tom, Tomas Tatar, you know, and those players are, you know, have been playing really well, but they're off the books, you know, and they're all, they're all getting a little bit older. Um, if I'm the devils, I, I feel like you have to make the Meyer move just because you have the control, right? It's not like he's Tarasenko who can go to, any team he wants. It is devils or bust. They could pay him $10 million next year and figure the rest out. That would suck. That would suck. But you can figure it out, right? You know, it's maybe, I mean, the problem here is that if you give him $10 million, you probably have to sign Brat to a one-year deal again. Yeah. And, then you're in trouble because you got Meyer and Brat heading towards unrestricted free agency, not knowing what the cap's going to do because of all this turmoil in, in, in TV rights deals, not knowing a, a plethora of things, well, not knowing how good Hughes and Nemitz are going to be right out of the well, gate. Well, th- there's a difference between Brat and Meyer, though. Brat is essentially an extension of a six-round pick back in 2016 versus Meyer. You're going to have to give up. Big, big. If Brat walks, yep. theoretically, if you have two, two of them walking, you didn't really lose. I mean, it would suck to lose Brat, but it's like, okay, it was a six-round pick, and we got a lot out of him. Thank you, Jesper Brat, for all the years. But I Meyer know, but we walks. got a lot out of him in years that meant nothing. Now these years mean something. Yeah, but if you give up a first-rounder, this, that, whatever, for Meyer, and he walks – in 18 months, I'd be screaming, Nick. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between Brat and Meyer walking in terms of what did you have to, you know, what you got. Brat was a six-round pick that was assigned to you back in, you know, I don't know, eight years ago. Meyer. And it, then you're in a devastatingly bad position at wing. If you take Brat off this team, who's your first two line wings? 
You got Palat, who's been what, who's been playing well. You got Tyce Thompson. I'm just kidding around. I'm just joking. I mean, maybe, but here's the thing about Tyce Thompson is he's struggled mightily, and a lot of people compare him to his brother Tage, but Tage is like six four, and Ty and Tyce is six foot nothing. He's like my height, you know. So I don't. I don't see him becoming Tage, even though his brother was a late bloomer. I really like Tyce Thompson, but then the boy can't stay healthy. Yeah, he that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, people like Graham Clark, people like Arsene Gritsik, people like um, there's one other. It's it's not coming to me. But ha, you know, has Chase Sharon Govich has Sharon Govich disappoint you? No, because. He's – I try to look at the entire game, the entirety of their game. His offensive game disappoints me, yes. But he's playing so well in the penalty kill, so well in the penalty kill, um, that I don't even want to add him to this Meyer trade. I would rather add Holtz than Sharon Govich because Holtz might be a one-trick pony. I don't think he will be, but he might. And Sharon Govich, we know, is not a one-trick pony. We know he's more than a scorer. We know he's more than a defensive forward. He plays on the penalty kill. He can score. He can be dynamic. He has a really good snapshot. He's fast. So, I know he's inconsistent. But I, 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 I don't want to trade him. If he gets traded for Meyer, it is what it is. Because Meyer is like... Sharon Govich on steroids. He's phenomenal. He can play. He's a defensive forward. Plays really well on both sides. Gigantic. And will use his body. Or You know, he, Timo Meyer is what is what Tom Wilson is if Tom Wilson wasn't, like, scuzzy. Timo Meyer, he plays with the body, gets in the hard areas, scores like a you-know-what. Uh, you know, he's and he's so perfect for this team. You, you put out a line of Heischer, Brat, and Meyer, and then the rest just kind of falls into place. You know, I I, I kind of want to tar with um, Hughes when Hughes comes back. And, like, Hughes has got to be coming back soon, right? I would assume. Give him another few days. Yeah, maybe we'll no miss rush. that next game. But I think he's the, the game after. Come on, come come play Sunday, Hughes. I'll be there. Come play Sunday. I know that. Are you going to American Whiskey beforehand? It's a Sunday I night. I, well, so my wife bought me tickets for Valentine's Day, so I just found out yesterday. Oh, okay. Which is very nice to me. All right. We might have to do a double date, possibly. Um, I'm down. Yeah, bring I'll bring out. Yeah, bring the wife, Mrs. Wu, down, and uh, she got me. She's a, she put me in section five too. Hold She's on a flirt. sec. Hold on a sec. Honey, Mrs. Wu, how come you didn't splurge on me? <laughs> Ugh. It's all good. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure a way to get to the game. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you off air about it. Um, but anyway, so back to back to the Meyer thing. The Meyer thing just makes sense. And here's the thing is that I've been writing a lot about other trade targets just because I wrote so much about Meyer and December and January. You were one of the first. You were one of the first talking about Meyer before this whole Meyer thing went out of control. 
it's crazy now. But I, you know, I don't want to take any credit because there's a lot of people who have been talking about Meyer, but I definitely was on that train. I loved Meyer. Thought the fit made a perfect sense. I and, and you know, if you want to talk about my affinity for Meyer, I started talking about Meyer three years ago, and I wanted yep. the Devils to get him. Um, and they didn't. But we have time to make up for lost time. I, I, I tend to be fair, Sam. I talk about a lot of people. Simon Nemitz. We we talked about this. Uh, I was all on the Logan Cooley train. Still am. But uh, you, you you were the one that were talking, dared dared to talk about a pairing of the future in Hughes and our boy Simon. And then, because I am who I am, I wrote an article saying that they should never pair Hughes and Nemitz together. Well, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember a year ago that I talked about Lindy Ruff being the coach for this team in 2023. And here's the thing. A year ago, we didn't have Brunette or Burnett. Burnett? Yeah, Burnett. Burnett. Um, he didn't have um, uh, who is the guy we got from the Golden Knights. Why is that name escaping me? McGill? Is it Brian McGill? Yeah. McGill, um, right? He didn't have McGill. He didn't have Breland was in the AHL. He had a completely different coaching staff, and the staff is getting the most out of this team. So, I commend Lindy Ruff for for like making the moves, standing by. I, I think that Tom Fitzgerald had a, a say, um, but you know, you get rid of Mark Recchi, you get rid of Ole Nasruddin. It wasn't working anymore. But did, Lindy Ruff did Lindy Ruff actually pick them? That's why I want to know. Did Lindy I Ruff? Don't, I don't think. I, I don't think, think he, he was, did. It was during the pandemic when he was hired. The heart of the pandemic. I don't think he had a choice. Well, no. Recky came the year after. So he didn't pick Nas. I'm pretty sure. Didn't no, he? no. Recky. No. I, I think Recky was picked in that COVID shortened season. The one uh, started in January. I thought that's when Recky. I know Recky was. Yeah. Well, I. So you think that Fitzgerald hired the staff? I think it was more or less of a COVID situation where, okay, you know, I I think Lindy was a hired gun, but Lindy had to use what he had at at his disposal. Uh, In terms of Mark Recchi, I don't know if that was a Lindy move or that was uh, Fitzgerald and, you know, Recchi knowing each other from, you know, the Pittsburgh days. In the playing days, I, I don't know. That's a good question. If we ever had Tom Fitzgerald on, I'm going to ask him those questions. <laughs> and we'll never have him on again. <laughs> uh, I still like Mark Recchi. I just wish it worked out. Well oh, you're right. In New September Jersey. 8th, 2020. Yeah, sometimes I'm right on this podcast. Um. Oh, so Greg Wyshynski just reported that it's fifty-fifty that Jack Hughes returns the lineup tomorrow night. Okay. So, again, they have a back-to-back this weekend. So, yeah, I don't think he plays in both of them. 
So let them play tomorrow night. Give them Saturday night off, and then let them play. Let them play Sunday. Let them play Sunday against the, against the Jets. Give them nah, off against Pittsburgh. You, you need to play. You need to play Hughes on that Saturday against Pittsburgh division. Go away. Go away, Sam. I don't need this. I don't need this kind of. I, as a matter of fact, on, on Sunday, I think they need to play their AHL team because <laughs> Get out of here. you'll be there. No, I'm just kidding around. You know, I'm kidding. Um, that's a lot of games this week, though. So that's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So, okay, so it's four, four games this week. Big week for the Devils. Um, you gotta win tomorrow night. You gotta win tomorrow night because the back-to-back with two really good teams and the Jets and the Penguins actually. The Jets are still really good, right? Yeah, they're not bad. They're not they bad. They were leading the division. I don't think they're leading the division anymore. They, the Central? They, they got some good goaltenders. Who's, who's winning the Central right now? I'm just it, looking at all these comments. Little Fireboy says, the future is really deep. You're not going to bust it up. Ramona, hello, Ramona. Hello, Ramona. Oh, the Stars are winning the Central. That's right. So, but the Jets are in second place. They got sixty-nine points. So, um, I, I think that the Devils. I, before we get Lyle on, my last point before we get Lyle on, I the Devils are going to make a move, whether they have to or not is not relevant because they're going to make a move. There are too many pieces available and not enough teams with the pieces to make those moves. You know, whether that's getting Patrick Kane or Pavel Bushnevich or Ryan O'Reilly or um, there's a couple other people that are, or you, you know, maybe you go after Ottawa, who's fallen in the standings. They got a couple really good players. I mean, imagine Claude Giroux on this team. I don't think Drew wants to get traded, but it, it'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be very interesting. Imagine Especially, Claude Giroux on Hughes' line playing that Eric Holler role. I think he'd do that You know really what? Well. That wouldn't that be such a bad thing. It wouldn't be a yeah. bad thing. It's Brock a veteran. has been tied yeah. to the Devils. Yep. I don't like that move. We've had that debate. <laughs> He's so bad this year. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, I'm going to get Lyle Richardson – Good friend of the podcast from Spectres Hockey on. If you like rumors and you want to know anything, the inside scoop, Lyle's the guy. He's coming on. He's going to tell us about it. Yeah. I'm going to get him on the horn. All right. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can figure this out, Sam. Can I figure out how to get on my phone and get to the comment section? Oh, I did it. Okay. Here we go. All right. Oh, I got to turn off the sound. Um. Michael Hayes talking about the Jets. I listen like Bill Walton in the background. Um, Ivan Barbashev. Nicholas Ranger wants to know about Ivan Barbashev. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really move the needle for me. It doesn't. You gotta. There's too many good pieces out there. And again, a lot of these pieces I don't want. I don't want Besser. I don't want Patrick Kane. I'd rather have Jonathan Taze. Patrick Kane. We keep talking about Patrick Kane like he's the piece to get. Jonathan Taves, in my opinion, is the piece to get. You got to make the salary work, and that's going to be hella hard. Well, 
if you trade the Miles Wood and they take on half of Taze's contract, I think you can make that work. I don't even know how good Taze is doing. I'm going to do a Chicago Blackhawks trade piece tonight. And I'll look and see how good Taves has been. And then kind of make my assumption to see how, you know, whether that makes sense for him to go to the Devils. I think he's a pure rental. Um, unless he's willing to take, think, Travis Zajac in his latter years. Where he's a defensive forward. Can move in the lineup if you absolutely have to do it. But I think that, I think that Jonathan Taves can really play that Travis Zajac role that he played on those veteran teams. Oh, I'm sorry, on the young Devils teams a couple years ago. I think that would be a really interesting take. Hello, Sam. I'm back. I'm back. back. I'm back with the good friend of the podcast. We We haven't had him on in a while. Big fan of his for many years. Spectre's Hockey. Going back to the days before mobile phones, reading up on all this, the rumors. His name is Lyle Richardson from Spectres Hockey. You can find him on Twitter at Spectres Hockey. Lyle. Sam, you, you cut off your own mic. Me back on. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. I think didn't did we talk? I think what was it was it in the off season? I think was the last time we spoke. It was over the summer. I think it was July. I think it was right after the Devils yeah. made their moves. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it's it's been a little while. Oh, and yeah, back in the days before, uh, yeah, before mobile phones and all that good stuff. It's it's funny. This this just a quick pitch for myself. Specters Hockey turns twenty five in September. Wow. So nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight, guys, nineteen ninety eight. Yep. I I we. We were comparing ages earlier. I won't tell you how old I was in 1998. I was, I was of, you know, of a normal age, but I was in elementary school. I was See, like, my memory was good, <laughs> Nick. My memory was good. I told you, 1999, I was reading all about uh, Jason Arnott. Is he going to the Devils or not? Bill Guerin's contract situation. I remember. Wow. I remember. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that back in the days before a salary cap when anything could happen and usually did. It yep. was wild back then. I mean Bobby Holy oh, yeah. got a what, a nine million dollar a year contract? Something like that, yeah, and free agency. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild times. But it's wild <laughs> times right now, Lyle, and we're talking about another it's it's twenty years later and we're still talking about nine million dollar contracts for superstars. <laughs> Uh, I guess inflation hasn't day. hit the NHL, right? <laughs> uh, um, once again, it's the wonders of the salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Timo Meyer is the guy. You know, he's the guy that he's he's tied to the Devils. The Devils are tied to him. It makes all of the sense in the world. But we're talking about a superstar trade, and there's a reason it hasn't gone through yet. So, I'll just start with a very simple question, Lyle. In your opinion. How likely is this to happen? I I would say I would say it's likely. I I'm not there yet as saying quite like quite likely or certain, but I'd say it, it's it's likely. Um, the, it, it, to me, the Devils and and Meyer are, are just seem like a perfect fit. Um, 
you know, we, we know that uh, Tom Fitzgerald, he's, he, he already said over two weeks ago he's looking, if, if he makes a, a significant trade, ideally he'd like to bring in a top six winger whose contract he could control beyond this season. And that just screams Timo Meyer. Um, you know, so, you know, they can, they can afford him. Um, they can certainly afford, uh, you know, to, uh, to pay, um, whatever, like, you know, the, the, the Sharks, cause let's be honest, the Sharks, they're going to be looking for, for futures. They're going to be looking for prospects, especially they'll look at draft picks. Yeah. But I think the big thing is prospects and the devils have one of the deepest prospect pools in the NHL. So right off the bat, I mean, they wouldn't even have to give up. Uh, their top two or three guys, I don't think, to be able to swing a deal here to be able to get Meyer, to be quite honest. And that's not saying anything against the guys that come after your top two or three guys because they're also pretty good as well. So, you know, I would say that uh, it's 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 likely. And, you know, I would say probably leaning closer to being quite likely. Uh, the only thing here is, is will uh, will the Devils be able to work out a deal so that they can also sign him to a contract extension. And that's where it kind of gets complicated as well, because whatever he's going to be looking for, I mean, yeah, this could be, you could be looking at nine mil a season. And then I have to wonder, does that complicate things for Jesper Brat if they want to resign him, which I'm assuming they do, couldn't they afford both? Or is, would Meyer be a guy who is an insurance policy in case they can't resign Brat and they have to trade him? Let me ask you something, just because you brought up Brat, and I just, I, I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Do you think the fact that this trade situation's happening, they're trying to trade for a guy who doesn't have a contract at the end of the season, do you think that somewhat delays their negotiation with Brat? Do you think that maybe if he comes with a contract, they can then go to Brat and be like, all right, now we know what's cost controlled? Or do you think that's impacting it at all? I think it would. If, if if they acquire Meyer and, and they are able to negotiate a deal with him and, and they've got him signed on the dotted line when they announce the trade or immediately afterward, I mean, yeah, now, you know, I, I don't think that it can't, that it can't impact uh, Brat's contract situation. Because, as you said, if you're paying Meyer nine mil a season, well, is, is, is surely Brat's worth the same amount, correct? So, yeah, I would think so. You know, at least yeah, close. and, oh, absolutely. But here's the thing. I mean, a lot of the word, a lot of the talk that I hear around the league on this when they bring this all up is they don't, is the Devils don't want to pay more than what they're paying um, Jack Hughes right now. Okay? So that means they, they can't go over nine. Yeah, exactly. That means they can't go over nine mil, you know, because then you're, 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 because Jack Hughes is making eight mil. So are you able to somehow convince Timo Meyer to take eight, you know, or 7.999 change, you know, uh, on a, on a long-term deal? Like that's, that's where it kind of gets, gets interesting. And, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, then, well, okay, you could turn around, you bring uh, Meyer in, uh, you have him for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and you could then, if he plays well for you, you could then also turn him around and flip him for assets as well and re-sign Brat. It just depends. So, so there are several scenarios here that, that, that can work for them uh, either way. I don't think that they would come out a loser either way here if they brought in Meyer. 
No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I kind of always point out to the Avalanche, because um, the Avalanche played that game with the whole nobody's going to make more than McKinnon. And, well, that felt like a house of cards when Rantanen was like, well, I'm not going to make that much money. And, yeah. you know, he was like, I'll wait. And they eventually went to nine for Rantanen. And then I think they did the th- same thing with Landis Gog. And Landis Gog was like, I'll go sign with the Kraken or whatever. And then they found the money for him. So, yeah, that's great to say and to put out in the yeah. media. But it's not realistic. Like, it's all no. about time. <laughs> it certainly isn't realistic. And to your point, you know, if you want to, go, you know, just to, to finish up your point with the Avalanche, what did they turn around and do? They they made uh, Nathan McKinnon the highest paid player on the team yeah. after that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, as you said, it's nice to say people like to look at the whole Boston Bruin example back in the day when not all that long ago when it's like nobody's going to make more than Patrice Bergeron who's making, was it 6-8 or something like that a season. Yeah. But yeah, that those days are gone. <laughs> Any, just, anybody just who thinks David Boston, yeah. yeah. Yeah, anybody who thinks David Pasternak is going to accept like 8 mil a season on an 8-year deal is, is dreaming in Technicolor. That's not happening. Yeah, I think his is going to be closer to double digits, probably much more than that. So, yeah, that's that's what yeah. that's looking like. Um, so, yeah. as far as the race, we, we keep hearing the mm-hmm. devil's name. But oh, who's yeah. their competition? Who are they competing with to get Timo Meyer? Well, I think it's the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, they, they're, again, they're a team that's in a, a really, really good position here. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, just based out of an unfortunate uh, incident, which of course was was Max Pacioretty, uh, you know, re-injuring his his Achilles uh, tendon again. Uh, so he's done for the season. His seven mil uh, goes on LTIR. In fact, it already has. So they're sitting there with a deadline cap space of over ten mil. So they can easily afford to uh, to take him on. Um, their their depth. A uh, prospect that is isn't quite as you know there's not their their prospect pool isn't quite as deep as as the Devils, but it's still pretty good. Uh, so I think they can make a real competitive bid here. Plus uh, Pierre LeBron of the Athletic was also um, wrote about uh, the whole contract thing, saying uh, that the Hurricanes may not be so hung up on a contract extension. Right? They they'd be willing to to, to acquire him. Um, and if he just turns out to be a rental, well, they'd be fine with that. You know, as long as he could help them win the Stanley Cup, they won't care, right? Um, yeah. So I would, I would have to say that that it would be uh, the Hurricanes uh, would would certainly be, I think, uh, you know, the uh, the Devils' biggest uh, competitor for that. Um, you look around the league, maybe the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, if they put Mark Stone on LTIR, they could afford his contract. But their their depth pool is is pretty shallow so i i really don't like their odds um i've heard the maple leafs too but you know they're not willing to part with a first round pick or their top prospect in matthew nice and if they're not willing to do that then i don't think they've got a chance of of outbidding uh teams like the devils and the hurricanes who obviously have uh, the depth and, and prospects to be able to make that move and can afford to take on the cap space so you don't think that anybody can match what the devils can do in terms of trade package i think the devils could put together the best trade package i think the hurricanes have the advantage though in that they in in being able to take on salary plus again if if it's true that they're not hung up on a contract extension 
then yeah, that that might be able to 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 give them a bit of an edge. But yeah, in terms of of uh, what they could offer, I think the Devils hands down could could put forth the best offer in terms of of, of prospects and draft picks. Absolutely. So, I'm curious about what you think of alternatives. If if say the Hurricanes come up with the package and the and the Sharks say yes, the Devils can't counter. Is there anybody who you think will move the needle for the Devils? We've heard Pavel Bushnevich. Um, I've heard Flyers like, um, well, there's James Van Reems like on the Flyers, but I've also heard Flyers like Dylan Larkin. Do you think there's somebody on the market that the Devils could target if Meyer gets traded tomorrow? Well, if if they're looking at uh, that whole what Fitzgerald had said about he's looking for a contract he can control, um, not really. Um, if because of course you'd be looking at uh, players who are on uh, non-contenders, and I mean some of the notable ones, for example, like like Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks. Well, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, he'd be it'd be great if he was available, but he's not going anywhere. Um, Alex DeBrinca, uh would be another one, but the the Senators, yeah, they're a non-playoff team. Yeah, they're up for sale, but the thought is they want to. They're they're not going to make any uh, big moves regarding their roster until once they've got their new ownership in place, and that's expected to happen by March, April. Um, so I don't think, yeah, obviously if you terms of talking trade deadline, that wouldn't happen in time to be able to help them out. So if, if they can't find that, that player that ideally fits that whole mold of guy whose contract we can control after this year, then you're looking at Reynolds and, um, you know, you can think of somebody like, well, Patrick Kane, maybe, but I, I don't really think that he's going to because I, he won't cost as much i'll put it this way i think timo meyer would cost more in terms of what the devils would have to give up in prospects and draft picks than uh, patrick kane right now because there's a lot of concern about his uh his, his he's been playing with a nagging hip injury for years his production's down this year now of course it's being blamed on well you know the the deplete you know the blackhawks roster is pretty depleted that's why his stats are down but there's still that concern and and i don't think you're going to see a, a you know if, if patrick kane gets traded it's not going to cost as much as it would to say get a whole, somebody like timo meyer who's obviously in his playing prime and you know is is only a restricted free agent compared to an unrestricted. But, you know, I think Fitzgerald, though, if it, if it came down to that, he might want to look at maybe a more affordable kind of depth guys. I mean, you know, maybe you look at somebody like maybe a, Mac, a Max Domi, um, you know, sense. you know, maybe an Ivan Barbashev from, uh, from St. Louis. He had 60 points last season. Um, you know, maybe, maybe somebody like that, that's, that's kind of an affordable pickup and it's not going to, you know, both in terms of salary and in terms of return. Um, but otherwise, you know, if, if, if the roster's staying healthy and the team's chugging along, well, I wouldn't be surprised either. Fitzgerald goes, you know what? Couldn't get the guy I wanted. I, 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 I believe in our team. I think we're good enough as it is. Let me throw one more name at you. What do you think of Adam Henry? Go ahead. Adam Henrique. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Going to have the career go full circle here, eh? <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? Henrique, it's oh, over. Oh, hey, why, why Why? not? I, I don't think he, you know, would Would he be averse to it coming back? Um, as you said, he's got, he's got a year left, uh, 33 years old. 
Um, you know, I mean, he's 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 had you know his best years are kind of behind him, but you know he's still putting up decent numbers. Was it? Uh, yeah. He's what thirty three points, and he's in fifty some odd games. He's close to scoring twenty goals this season. So that that might not be a bad addition. I mean, if you're talking with a guy who's got a year left on his contract, perhaps. Um, yeah, maybe he could go for somebody like that. But again, though, for him, it's the cap hit. I think you'd be you'd be looking at asking the Ducks to retain. Uh, a chunk yeah. of that, and that's going to co- and that's going to cost you. They're going to want a quality prospect, or you know, uh, uh, probably more than a second round pick if you want to re- if you want them to retain um, that salary because it would be a healthy chunk. He's making I think what five point eight mil is his cap yeah, five hit. Five so yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. they probably would have to retain half. Yeah, yeah. And if they retain it, you know. When we're talking about quality prospect, like I'm, I'm assuming you're not meaning Nemitz or Hughes, obviously. Oh God, like no, a, no, no, no. But you know, if you know, if they want to take former first round pick Chase Stillman off our hands, I, I am willing to make that move. <laughs> sometimes what about you got, sometimes you got to just sell low, and I think that if that's the case, with Stillman, if it gets me Adam Henrik, I'm making that move. Yeah. Well, what about what about Holtz? I mean, he's he's kind of struggled this season. You know, uh, would would you part with him? Not maybe not for somebody like Henrique, but let's say if uh, the Sharks wanted it, would you give him up for for uh, for Timo Meyer? I mean, I think you have to. I think I I don't want mm-hmm. to. I think Holtz is going to be really good, <laughs> yeah. but I think yeah. he has to also be in a situation that allows him to be really good. And uh, I don't yeah. know if Lindy Ruff's system is that. I don't know if he can. Like yeah. Lindy Ruff's system is built on speed and aggressiveness, and Holt says yeah. neither of those things. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, it, it yeah. kind of makes you, you wonder why that. they drafted him. You know, yeah. like but, you, I mean, you had not Marco gonna, Rossi yeah. there. Marco Rossi yeah. was there, and he would have fit perfectly with this team. So it, again, he can't cry over spilt milk. He can't cry over no. missed draft picks. I don't think he's a missed draft pick. He clearly has skill because yeah. when he's on the ice. He does things that other people can't do with his shot and his hockey IQ. He's just not fast mm-hmm. enough to fit in this team. Will that get yeah. better, or will the team change up its philosophy eventually? Maybe. But I think yeah. that when you're looking at it, if I'm talking to the Sharks, I'm saying I'm not touching uh, Nemitz. I'm not touching Hugh or, or yeah, Luke Hughes. And then obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm not, and I, I personally am taking Mercer off the table because I think. Well, that he's oh yeah, going no, really you, no, you know, yeah, don't give up Mercer. Don't give up Mercer. I agree with that. Um, what about Seamus Casey or uh, you know maybe somebody like Muka Madulin? Yeah, yeah, I like Casey, but he's he's got a size issue, and I don't know how that's yeah. going to translate. Um, I like Muka Madulin, uh, but he has. He he's he reminds me of like Damon Severson, but I haven't mm. seen the really good parts of Damon Severson and Muhammadulin yet. So I'm yeah, you know I see something there. I see why they took him with the 20th <coughs> overall pick, but I also right. see why everybody panned him for taking him with the 20th overall pick. So <laughs> you know yeah, I think what's here's what also... here's what I think Go is going to end up happening. I think you're going to mm-hmm. see. Holtz, Riley Walsh, a first-round pick, and I, I think that it's going to be something weird. 
Like, I, I think mm. they want Sharangovich, but I think they're really worried about how that's going to impact their penalty kill this year. So I think yeah. that they're really resistant to give up Sharangovich. I think they're going to try yep. to do, like, an okey-doke and give him, like, McLeod or um, mm. maybe Miles Wood or one of those. I was gonna they're going to try to – yeah, a young, youngish roster player. Youngish. Yeah. Yeah, who, who, you know, if he plays well with the Sharks, you know, Miles Wood has something. There's something there. He was one of the best players on the team in November, and now he's the <laughs> worst player on the team. There's something there. He needs something fixed. So yeah. as a throw-in to match salaries and the Sharks can get yeah. an evaluation on him and give him a much cheaper deal in the offseason, I think that's something that – but that's one thing. I'm thinking Holtz, Walsh, mm-hmm. a first-round pick, and we'll say Miles Wood for – you know, because you got to match the salaries. That's that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. If it, yeah, if, if, if it's not Holtz, then maybe it's somebody like Casey or Mukamadoulin. You know, you've got to give to get because I do agree with you. You're not giving up Luke Hughes and you're not giving up Nemec. That's just silly, you know. But, uh, but yeah, because of, Hughes, yeah. But because of Hughes and Nemitz, you can give up other defensive prospects. Like other teams exactly. could give up a Casey or could give up a Mukumadoulin yeah. or could give up a Riley yeah. Walsh because there's only so many defensive prospects. But the Devils are sitting in a position where – you got Marino signed. You got Hamilton signed. You got Siegenthaler signed. Yeah, and you're gonna yep. run out of spaces. So yep. I, I, exactly. I do think, and then, or maybe we'll take Kevin Ball. Maybe Kevin Ball is the player that they're going after just because of his. He's a unicorn in terms of size and physicality, <laughs> even though it hasn't translated. Yeah, yeah. But Lyle, it's been so great to have you on. I've taken up enough of your time tonight. You've been talking about hockey for like two hours now. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to give you a couple minutes, just promote what you got coming up. What should Devils fans be on the lookout for, whether it's on Spectres Hockey or if it's on Bleacher Report or one of the many other places you write, where should people be looking for you and what do you got coming up? Well, as I said, yeah, of course, uh, it's it's going to be all trade deadline all the time here for me. Uh, with the focus, obviously, on trade rumors uh, leading up to the deadline on Friday, March the 3rd. So SpectresHockey.net is going to be, uh, I cover, of course, uh, you know, the daily uh, daily trade rumors uh, through the media as they come up. Uh, on Bleacher Report as well. And uh, I'm going to be, uh, in about another week, I will be putting out another uh, trade block of big board for an updated one for February. Uh, that'll come out a week before deadline day because, of course, there's going to be some players that will come off my uh, one from earlier in the month. And, of course, uh, the hockey news from my daily uh, NHL rumor roundup as well. So, uh, yep. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have you all covered, Devil fans, for all your trade rumor needs leading up until March 3rd. And, and make sure you're following him at Spectres Hockey. If you're not following him on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice. Follow Lyle Richardson at Spectres Hockey on Twitter. He'll share, you know, share his pieces. But we'll share it on the Pucks and Pitchworks account, too. So every time he's talking about the Devils, we're going to put it out there so we can get the eyes on Lyle's work. Lyle, I really had fun tonight. Thank you so much for coming on, and we're definitely going to have you on again soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, Look forward to talking to you again. Take care. Thanks, Lyle. That is Lyle Richardson, Specters Hockey. You can find him on Twitter, at Specters Hockey. Nick, 25 years of Specters Hockey, and I still remember the, the early days of trying to figure out, is Bill Guerin on the move? because of that contract dispute. If you remember, 
I think it, he didn't come into training camp and all that stuff. I believe Lyle was on it. I went to his website. And not many people were on, on it with Lou at the helm. But Yeah. Yep. But that's all I got, Sam. I think it's time for plugs. Plugs? Well, why don't you go first? Um, Pucksandpitchforks.com. Right now, Jonathan Bailey wrote about five alternative trade targets to Timo Meyer. They're very realistic. I, I got to be honest. It was very interesting to, to edit and then read it. Um, I wrote about three trade deadline deals. I'm doing my three trade deadline deals for a bunch of different teams. Some of these, you got you to gotta dig deep, but sometimes it gets weird around this time, and if they lose out on Meyer, it's going to get weird. So right now I got the Blues up. I got the Canucks up. I got the Canadians up. So go check about the go check those out. Vinny Parisi wrote about the Athletic uh, ranking the Devils' prospects. He's one of the best in the league. Um, Jersey Joe talked about not overthinking the deadline, and then Sam, not you, Sam, the other Sam, he talked about would Shakir Mugamundulin be better as a forward? Hmm. It was an interesting piece. Listen. He gave some interesting arguments. It was a thinker. So if you're looking to think, go check out Sam's piece on Mukumadun. Um I've yeah, always I've always thought that Ryan Graves is coincidentally how he scored that goal last night. I always thought that Ryan Graves in front of the crease may uh maybe an asset kind of putting that big guy in front, in certain special situations, like on the power play. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It, it makes less sense with Bastion on the roster now, with Bastion back. Yeah, but who's, just the reach. I get he's struggling, it, but yeah, I get it. And that was the right place at the right time for Graves. There's two yeah. seconds left. There, you're not going to give up a two-on-one or whatever. You know, pinch at the right time. He put himself in a position to score. And he scored. That was tough. I was sitting here, and what I, I try to be a good husband, Sam. So what I'll do is I'll have the uh, the Devils game on the laptop, and me and my wife are, are rewatching The Sopranos. So I try oh. to put my eyes in two places, but I couldn't help it. I was like, "Yes!" in the middle of The Sopranos. I think Tony killed somebody, <laughs> and I was cheering. It was probably because he killed Ralphie. That's what season we're on. So, and I don't care about spoilers. It's twenty years ago that the show came out. Get out of here, people. Ah, it was great. Just don't, just don't watch The Sopranos for the first time after having knee surgery like I did, because you're just sitting there. You're all drugged up with the painkillers, and then you watch season, uh, the season one. You just want to get up and kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Um, but, um, but that's it. Yeah. And follow pitchfork pucks. I'll have all the trade speculation. Um, pitchfork, pitchforked puck on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, Sam. Yep. And just remember February 25th, American whiskey, 51 Edison place in the beautiful downtown area of Newark, New Jersey, Across the street from Prudential Center, our half-million party starting at 3 p.m. Eastern on that Saturday, February 25th. We're pumping the tires right now, Nick. Half a million downloads, and uh, 
It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Hope to see you there. Be square. Oh, I'll be there. Well, that's good, Nick. Hitting the music. Sorry. I couldn't find I couldn't find the button. <laughs> all right. Want to thank Lyle Richardson of Spectres Hockey. Thank all you, the fans. Dropping the podcast at midnight for your morning and afternoon commute. Keep it here. Till next time. Let's go devils. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.